Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Good afternoon. You're listening to Loving That Sports Talk. This is your host, Chris Marwitz. So, you know, we have things going on in all over in sports, uh, but this week, we're going to focus again on college football. And with that, we have our first guest, uh, Mark Slauson. How are you today, Mark? Chris, I'm doing great. I'm doing Oh, great. it's always good to have you on, especially, especially when we're talking college football. Okay, that's why I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, like I said, all I have to do is just bring up a topic and you're going to run with it. So, love it. Love it. Absolutely. And, oh, great. And our, our, other, our other guest today? James Loving, former NFL player for Philadelphia Eagles. How you doing, James? I'm doing good. I think I lost my battle with Mark with this one. You might have got me. Uh oh. And and what what battle was this? Well, I think he's gonna know who's gonna take it all. I think he knows. <laughs> are you talking well, about okay. you're not talking about Chip Kelly, are you? No, uh <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's not bring no. that one up again, all right? Oh, we'll be okay. So look, 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 the last time we had you on was right prior to rivalry week happening. Um, that was when Alabama was going to play Auburn, and um, I think Miami was going to play Clemson. There was going to be a lot of of, of inter inter contests going on, um, and it happened. And during during that uh, that week. Uh, when, when Alabama played Auburn, Alabama Alabama uh, lost to Auburn, and yep. when they lost to them, you know they got they got knocked out of the top four. Then the the next week, Auburn went on to play Georgia. Georgia beat Auburn by I think three touchdowns, um, and then Georgia knocked Auburn out of the top four. But lo and behold, when when Auburn got kicked out. Alabama moved back into the top four. Um, I, 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 I just see some issues because everything I was reading about Alabama said that they kind of had a, almost a weak um, season, you know, and for them yeah, to originally be number one and, and, then, and then to get mm-hmm. back in the top four. Was, was, do you think that was smart play, Mark? Yeah, I mean, you know, basically what the... You know, the message that the, the college football committee sent after that whole everything shook out was that that SEC championship game didn't mean anything. Um, obviously, Alabama was going to get in either way, whether they won or lost. And, yeah, you know, I think this year especially, just kind of have a, a bad taste in my mouth, and I think uh, – but it was a really kind of tough situation for them to, to, to look after. I mean, you had, you know, the top three teams were a no-brainer, and then you had Auburn and, and Ohio State and trying to try to pick one of those two teams. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the, the, the ugliest person in a, a beauty pageant or something like that. I mean, um, you know, Alabama just had the really weak schedule this year, and, um Part of it was their fault. I mean, they, you know, as they all do in the SEC, you know, they, they schedule, you know, three basic cream puffs 
um, that aren't even Power 5 schools, and, you know, they get three automatic wins that way. Um, you know, I will give them credit for at least scheduling Florida State this year. I mean, that was a, you know, seemingly preseason top five type of team. Um, and that was, like, you know, considered one of the, you know, this opening opening day game that was, uh, you know, super hyped up, two top five teams. Um, so you think that, you know, getting credit for that win would be uh, something that they would have expected as the year went on. Unfortunately, you know, Florida State just, you know, kind of fell on their face this year. They got their quarterback injured, and um, it turned into, you know, a really uncharacteristic Florida State season this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, you look back and it's like, all right, who did Alabama beat? And, you know, their best win was, you know, a very, very flawed uh, LSU team, uh, which they didn't even really dominate that game. And then they, they also beat Mississippi State, who kind of, cratered there at the end so you know they didn't have they didn't have any really good wins this year and, and to, to kind of slip them into the top four is is you know i thought was um, was unfortunate but then i mean who are you going to put in in their place you know it's it's again you know you got ohio state who lost by 31 points to iowa um you, know, you can't really put them in either so um it was a tough decision and i mean you know let's face it i mean alabama probably is one of the best four teams in the country. I mean, if you look at, you know, the Vegas odds, I mean, they're already favored to beat Clemson, you know, in the first round of the, the playoff. Um, so it's not like they're just, you know, some terrible team. Um, but it, it, it is unfortunate kind of the way that the, the system is. And, um, you know, there's there's three Power 5 teams that didn't get their, their champion into the into the Final Four. And, and you know, that's... I was expecting Ohio State to get in just because they did win the Big Ten Championship and they had, you know, three or four really good wins on the year. Um, and, and in the past, you know, the committee has stated that, you know, good wins are crucial kind of to a, a team's resume. Um, so, it, you know, it's just kind of different every year. They just, you know, they, they seem to have their own agenda and, and aren't really consistent year over year. So it's really hard to get a feel for it. Um, but I was kind of hoping, again, Ohio State would get in just because I think it would have sent the message to, you know, the SEC um, that they need to start scheduling better non-conference games and, you know, playing freaking Mercer and, you know, Fresno State, Colorado State. Um, you know, that's, that's, they can do better than that. And right. um, it's, you know, just the, the schedule is just so inequitable. It's, it's unbalanced. I mean, you've got, I mean, just... You know, SEC teams only play eight conference games. Um, so, you know, the, the Big Ten, Big 12, and Pac-12 all have to play nine conference games. And, you know, that's basically every conference game. you got one team that's going to win, one team that's going to lose. So, um, you know, you, you, you end up with these SEC teams that they all have, you know, three gimme games, you know, to start the, the season or they actually kind of spread them out. Um, and so every team, you know, they, they basically just have to win three conference games and, and they're bowl eligible. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's annoying. Um, I think it needs to be changed. I don't know what they can do um, from the, you know, the top down, but uh, there definitely needs to be some kind of uh, system where the, where the scheduling is, is more consistent. And, um, you know, because there's just so much, there's so much subjective information already um, that, yeah. that these guys have to look at, and it's just—it's really impossible to 
to, to figure out who the best teams are. Yeah, we need to have more, a little bit more accountability and all there. I, I agree. Um, so, James, what, 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 did you, what did you think what happened you know, with, you know, with the college football playoffs? I got two things. I want you to help me out, Mark. First thing is, you have a team like US, uh, USF, I, I think I'm saying it right, that went undefeated. UCF. They get no, UCF. UCF, 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 they pick teams that people are going to want to go see. You know, you're not going to want to go see Clemson versus Garrison State. You know, so that's why all these teams keep getting in there, though. SEC, big names, Alabama and all that, but Clemson. You're never going to get one of these small teams, you know, like a Colorado State, if they were undefeated, to get in there. They're just not going to put those teams because um, you're not going to have those big bowl games on these big January 1st and all that, and people really not going to watch it. So I was always told, Back when Nebraska was good, Nebraska was always in a good bowl game because Nebraska bring a hundred some thousand people, you know, and that's what they want. Right. Bowl games, the bowl games, and you said it, Mark. I mean, you can win five games and you bowl else for any bowl because it's produced for money, and that's all they're looking at is money because that school that bring them people, the other school brings them, they got to generate money. So you're never going to win with this um, top four playoff because they're always going to have Alabama in there. And all these teams that people want to watch, and they're all the players going to the pro. So there's never going to be any other team in there. You agree, Mark? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I, I think that the road for a power or a non-power five team, you know, like a group of five team, uh, to get to the the playoff is is basically impossible the way that it's structured currently. Um, I mean, Houston had a chance last year, um, or I guess not this past year, the season before, you know, they had some really good wins on their resume. They beat um, Louisville and uh, Oklahoma, um, and they had got up, I think, in the top five at one point, um, but then they ended up losing a couple games late. Um, I think that's, that team there is probably one of the, the few teams that would ever have a chance to, to, to make it. Um, and, again, it's just because they played a really tough non-conference uh, schedule, and, you know, the their division the American conference is actually pretty pretty good um, but yeah man I mean like UCF this year you know they're undefeated they're, they're blowing teams out and uh, you know they got a real exciting style too I mean it's um, but they just were never even considered for for the top four um, so it's it's highly frustrating for a team like that I mean uh, you gotta you gotta feel for those guys and and you know, and I, I heard this, and I actually agree with it wholeheartedly. I think that they should try to do like a group of, or a, you know, like the group of five, I guess, is the, you know, the non-Power Five conferences. If they had a group of five um, playoff at the end of the year to kind of determine a champion in that, in that division, um, I think that would generate a lot of excitement and be really cool. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, they're just, there's just, very, very little chance that they're ever going to make the, you know, the, the college football playoffs as we know it in the way it's currently constructed. Uh, the only the other caveat is, is, you know, if they do decide to, um, you know, increase the amount of teams in the playoff up to eight, you know, I think that would definitely leave the door open for, for, a, for a smaller team to get in. But 
um, yeah, right now there's just very little chance. I mean, there's, you know, you got your, like you said, your Clemsons, Alabamas of the world that are just juggernauts and they're, they're going to get every benefit of the doubt. Um, especially when they have, there's so much subjective information that these guys are, are looking at. And, you know, uh, and again, yeah, it's, it's a business, you know, there's, they don't want to throw a dog in that, in the top four and, and kill their ratings and, and, you know, possibly kill the amount of people that, that go to the game, the attendance there. So yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a rough situation to, to not be one of the power five teams. So, um, and I, you know, I don't know. You know, it seems like they're really dead set on keeping it at four teams. Um, I think this year, uh, more than, than others, I think there's a little bit more controversy. You got, you know, just a huge alumni oh. base at Ohio State, and they tend to have kind second. of. Oh, that thought, what? real quick, I got the music three times in my ear. I don't think this guy, but we're going to bring them and come back and let you finish. All right, buddy. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, your host. And we have with us our guest, Mark Slauson. Uh, Mark, we're still talking college football? Yep, absolutely. Perfect. And we have James Loving, the former player of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, I'm learning from Mark today because I'm trying to figure it's out a, this. It's always a good, just, good day to learn about college sports. Listen, yeah, because I Mark, just understand so. it's the same team every year. But, um, you know, but... Yep. And, and and you look at it like you were saying, Mark, you know, like nobody's going to be sitting here on New Year's Day. You know, I don't know. I think the biggest ball game is like January the 8th. But ain't nobody going to be sitting there. I want to watch Dallas Kansas State versus, you know, um, 
Colorado State or you know Wyoming. So you got to have those far teams like Alabama, you know. And but but again, Mark, I mean, look at their schedule. I mean, I remember when uh, Nebraska came to Wyoming and played. They paid Wyoming like four hundred dollars just. Wyoming took that money, and then they were going to get beat up. You know, you get these small schools like that that want that money for their program, and say, we'll play y'all and get beat by 50, you know? And that's what's, that's what's happening, right? Of course, yeah. It's it's like a... Uh, well, I mean, both teams benefit from it. I mean, let's face it, you know, you got a team, you know, like whatever, let's say the Citadel that played... Uh, Clemson this year, and I think they got, I think it was literally like $1.5 million to, uh, to play in that game. And wow. that basically pays for their, you know, entire athletic budget for the entire year. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're definitely getting a benefit out of it, the teams that are in there for a, for a mercy kill. Um, but, you know, and then Clemson gets, the, they get the W, so they, you know, they don't, they, they win the game easily kind of thing. So it is, mutually beneficial, but I mean, it, it, it's, it is kind of ridiculous. I mean, like, again, like that's the thing that, that drives me crazy about college football is just the, the imbalance of it all. And, and when you look at a team like USC this year, I think SC played 12 power five teams and Alabama played nine, you know, I mean, how, you know, that's just, the likelihood of losing a game against a non-Power 5 team is very minimal. If you, have, you know, every Power 5 team can, can you know, sneak up and bite you in the butt. So um, it's, it's unfortunate. I'd just like to see, you know, a more even playing field with these teams. And, you know, the SEC is just, I mean, they got it wired. They've been doing this for, for years and years. And, and the ACC is just as guilty um, of just scheduling these, you know, they have four non-conference games that they have control over. And, you know, they can manipulate the schedule um, any way they want. And, uh, you know, most of them just get four really easy teams and beat them, and they got four wins. And, you know, again, and then they just need a couple wins to, to become bowl eligible, keep their alumni base happy. And, and it's just, you know, kind of um, – Basically, then all the teams have you know more wins than you know in these other conferences, and and so they you know then they get ranked higher, and it's just like this uh, maddening cycle um, that that happens every year. And uh, you know, again, I'd like to see at least the SEC you know go to a nine-game conference schedule, you know, along with the ACC. Um, I mean, if you look at it this year, the teams that got left out of the of the playoffs was the Big 12, or I'm sorry, the Big 10 uh, and the Pac-12. Um, and they all play nine conference games, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it drives me nuts. Again, this year, I, I it was kind of like the best-case scenario, I think, because you know Ohio State has probably one of the largest um, alumni bases in all of the U.S., and um, they certainly are, are some of the loudest and most obnoxious uh, fans. Um, but they, um, you know, having them get left out the way they did, um, I think is, is, is going to, you know, hopefully stir up some conversation at least about expanding the playoff and making it an eight game. I think that would really alleviate a lot of the issues that, that we're facing now. So we'll see what happens though. Well, speaking of Ohio state, you know, they, they again have 
I think the the number one um, uh, um, the, the, they're supposed to be number one when it comes to uh, uh, um, the schedule. Or? Well, not, not the, I'm sorry, not the schedule of, as far as uh, um, kids kids coming to play. You know that they that they've drafted. Um, uh-huh. And and that, that 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 should speak a lot for Ohio State. I mean, they are a great team. They they have a, a really good. Um, as far as history, you know, involved in in them sure. and, and players that have come from there, you know, there's 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 a lot to be said about Ohio State. For sure, yeah, they are, and uh, you know, they have Urban Meyer, who's one of the best coaches, obviously, you know, top two coaches in, in all of football. And I, I just, you know, Christmas year, they just, you know, the they 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 got dominated against Oklahoma at home early in the year. And then they started making this push, and they were they were just destroying teams. Um, and again, that's another part that, that that kind of annoys me. I mean, you know, Ohio State's kind of beating up on all the pansies, and you know they're putting like sixty points on Rutgers and Illinois, and and then everybody kind of jumped back on that bandwagon. And, and I had a you know heard a lot of people saying that they were better than Oklahoma, uh, even though OU had beat them straight up earlier in the season. Uh, that drives me nuts. Um, I mean, head-to-head should be the number one determining factor uh, when they're comparing teams. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so then, you know, everybody's kind of, like, trying to find this path for Ohio State, you know, partly because of their name and, and their history, like he said. And, yeah, they, they're, a, you know, they're like a minor league pro team, basically. Um, but then they, you know, once they lost to Iowa at home or at, on the road, rather, um, by 31 points, I mean, that, to me... I watched that whole game, and I was just like, yeah, there's zero chance that Ohio State's ever going to get back into this playoff discussion. And, um, you know, sure enough, they did. And a lot of people thought they were going to get in at the end, um, including myself. I really thought that they might sneak in the, the back door for that number four seed. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you lose by 31 points to anybody, and then you also get dominated, you know, against a, you know, a really good Oklahoma team, obviously. Um, I mean, those those are two major strikes, and um, you know, I, I don't think they necessarily deserve to get in that final four. So, so what you so what you saying, Mark, is when they play any power plus team and they lose a game, that will hurt them because that will hurt Ohio State. They lost to Iowa, right? And that's what they were saying. They lost by thirty-one. But I mean, right. when they beat they beat Alabama, they beat you know. So well, why should they get? That's the frustrating part. I mean, they, they, you know, had the, the cajones, you know, to put the, to put OU on their schedule, you know, as a, as a non-conference opponent. Um, and, you know, it ended up hurting them. I mean, if they had they, have they, okay, let's say they replaced OU with one of the teams these SEC folks put up, you know, like a Mercer or something like that, you know, then you're looking at an 11-1 and Ohio State team as a, as a Big Ten champ, and they're for sure getting in. So yeah, it's um, they they kind of screwed themselves over by by scheduling OU in their non-conference, um, and again that's the that's the thing that that I don't like because I mean you know it's I love college football and I love watching those those intersectional type matchups where you have just two you know storied programs and um, you know it's freaking awesome you know and now you know again with the committee and what they are basically saying is that 
you know, too bad you, you guys scheduled these guys. You know, had you, had you just won an extra game, um, then you, you would have been in. And, and um, you know, so that's, again, it's just, um, it's highly frustrating. I hope that, uh, I hope that something changes in that realm. But, you know, I don't want these teams to get discouraged from, from beefing up their conference or non-conference schedule. And that seems to be what the message is, the prevailing message from the, from the committee is. Is that they'd rather see a win than you know than a loss to a, to a you know a, a good Power Five non-conference opponent. So, um, and SC kind of had the same thing. You know, they schedule Notre Dame every year, and um, you know they they did get blown out this year, and that that pretty much you know deflated their season. But um, you know at least they you know at least they schedule tough out of conference games every year, and they play Texas too, um, which is normally a good team. So, nice. Well, tell you what, we're, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the fridge. I'm going to get some pineapple out. When we come back, we're going to we'll be talking a little bit more about what's going on. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is your host, Chris Moore, with Loving That Sports Talk. We're back again. Mark, you still with us? Absolutely. Perfect. And James, you still you still listening? I ain't going nowhere yet. Saying? To listen to Mark. Yeah, that's what I was saying. To listen to what Mark's saying. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay. Learn about this. So, so, 
but before I go further, of course, this weekend is the start of some bowl games. And I, and I, I know where Mark's going to be starting Saturday. We have no, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, the, the, the question I have has to do with uh, the college football playoff, you know, the, the semifinal games. I just want to know, you know, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, um, who, who do you think is going to win? So let's, let's start with number one and number four, Clemson versus Alabama. Who, who's, who's going to win that game? James? Sure, you should start with Mark, because I rarely follow college football. I don't, I <laughs> no, think, I, I want to start with you. I, start, I think college football is a scam, you know. Well, I think the bigger schools get all the, you know, the TV time and all, you know, the money. So that's why I really don't follow, because I think, you know, it's never going to change. Because all the time you see on TV, it's a big, you know, team name that, you know, you never see a small school. But take a guess. I think maybe, oh, you say Clemson and who? Clemson and Alabama. Now, keep in mind, this is the third year in a row that they've played each other. Well, I think, you know, you keep playing a team and keep letting the team win. I mean, get in there, they're going to sooner or later because they're a good player. I think Alabama will get Clemson. I don't think they got that quarterback they had last year, which um, I think he went to Texas. But I, I don't think Alabama. Okay. Mark, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I actually think Clemson's gonna gonna win. Um, I really like. I mean, look, Bama has had such a such a weak schedule. We've kind of hammered that to death. But um, I really think that they haven't played anyone near the caliber of Clemson this year. You know, the time that they did play a team that was in, in their kind of ballpark was was against Auburn, and uh, you know. Alabama got dominated in that game. They really did. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, there's so much familiarity with these teams having played each other, you know, the last two years in the semifinals and finals. Um, but I, I do think, you know, Kelly Bryant, the quarterback for Clemson, um, you know, he's, he's a, a true freshman, or actually, I don't know if he's a redshirt or a true freshman, but I know this is his first year as a starter, and, you know, he's done really well. Um, this time of the year, you know, he's already got, you know, I know he got hurt for a little bit, but I think he's got at least 10 games under his belt. Um, and, you know, the defense, uh, the Clemson defense is so salty. And, you know, they got a basically an all-NFL-type defensive line. And I, I just, Bama's offense gives me pause. Um, when Jalen Hurts isn't making plays with his legs, they don't really – see them as much of a threat to, to put up, you know, any kind of crazy offensive numbers. And I just really think that, that Clemson's going to stymie them on uh, on offense, and uh, I think it'll be a, a low-scoring game, but I do see uh, Clemson prevailing in that one. And, and, you know, the other thing is I just really like the way Dabo Sweeney kind of runs his program. Um it's funny because I used to think, you know, a guy, you know, Dabo Sweeney is just kind of like a, it sounds like somebody, you know, a country club or whatever, you know, oh, come here, Dabo. You know, it's kind of a weird name. And I always thought he was just some kind of super rich, you know, privileged guy growing up. Um, but he's got a really interesting story. He was, you know, really from abject poverty as, as a kid and uh, walked on to Alabama. And at one point, um, you know, his, his, Mom, like, came out to live with him, you know, in Tuscaloosa as, when he was a walk-on player. And 
Um, he just he's just such a gritty kind of likable guy, um, and you know the way he runs his program, he he, he develops you know the players to kind of be the, the the leaders of the team, and um, he's got a lot of senior leadership and some of the juniors that are you know going to go pro. You know, those are the guys that are, you know, the leaders of the team. And it, it sounds like he's really got it kind of dialed in to where, um, you know, he can just kind of be the, you know, the CEO of the program. And, um, you know, he's got great coordinators. I mean, you know, Brent Venables is, you know, arguably the best defensive coordinator in all football. Um, so I just, I just like what they got going on there. And, um, you know, they've really built a juggernaut program and he just keeps recruiting these monster classes. And it's, there's really, kind of no end in sight for them and um you know anyways I, I i do think uh i do think clemson wins that game and um uh, but it'll be interesting the third time around there's just there's not a whole lot of secrets right. either team have and and um you know so um it'll be a, it'll be a grudge match for sure absolutely so let, let, let's reverse it uh the rose bowl so we have georgia taking on uh the the heisman trophy winner uh, Baker May- Mayfield in Oklahoma. Um, so that game, who do you think is going to win, Mark? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm I'm really torn on this game. I mean, obviously, um, you look at the quarterback kind of mismatch. You got you know Jake Fromm for, from Georgia, who's a, a freshman. Um, he's played great this year, um, but then you got Baker Mayfield, who's you know he started. Four years, um, he's obviously the, the best player in college football at the, the quarterback position. Uh, so there's such a glaring mismatch there. But, you know, I've kind of seen this movie before with OU. Um, in the past, they've, they've, you know, kind of fed off of some of the, you know, the Big 12's been down, um, you know, and they kind of, they just, their offense is, um, you know, really tough to stop. But, but some of these, Big 12 defenses really aren't all that great. And, uh, you know, they put up these, these crazy numbers. And then, you know, again, I've seen this before where they get into these, you know, huge bowl games and they just kind of crater. You know, the defenses um, kind of shut them down. And, um, you know, they're just not as good. I mean, this year, you know, Texas, um, they had a really good defense and they held OU to, I think, 28, 29 points, something like that. Um and I think that, that, that Georgia's defense is much better than, than Texas is. Um, so I do think that they're, they're going to get held, you know, probably in the, you know, low 30s, high 20s kind of thing. So it just be a matter of um, if Georgia can score some points. And, and again, that's the other, the other equation to that game. Um, you know, Georgia's offense is, you know, they're pretty good. They got, you know, two unbelievable running backs. Um, and then they got Fromm at quarterback who's, who's, you know, freshman All-American style. Um, and OU's defense has been pretty suspect this year. Um, you know, they've given up a lot of points. I mean, they gave up 50 points to, to Oklahoma State. Um, so, you know, but they have gotten better as the year went on. Um, so, yeah, it's... I, I'm really torn on this one. I think, um, you know, I kind of think Georgia's actually going to going to spring a little bit of an upset, and I think they might end up winning that game um, again, just because of you know what I've seen in the past with 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 OU and they're you know they get so hyped up and 
um, are hyped um, by the media. It's having these just unbelievable offenses. And, um, I mean, you know, let's face it, they've, you know, the you got Jason White, you got Josh Heupel over the years. Um, you know, Mayfield's you know, kind of the next one. Of course, Sam Bradford as well. Um, but I think it's it's one of those deals where it is like a system quarterback kind of thing. And I do think that, you know, Mayfield's, you know, probably the second best out of those guys. Um, but, you know, they haven't won a national championship since, you know, 2000. And uh, they've been in the mix so many times. And I just don't see anything different this year that would, you know, compel me to, to think that they're somehow going to pull it off. Because um, I've been right. fooled before in the past. <laughs> James, do you have any any, any preference on who, who's going to win, Georgia or Oklahoma? I think Georgia. Well, for one reason, I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to go out there and play 100% because you already know he's the first player picked in the draft. I don't see him going out there trying to prove something and hurt himself. So I think, you know, it's going to be one of those games where he give his all to try and win it, you know. But um, he's just going to play marginal not to make no mistakes to drop his stock. So because he care if they win or lose, you know. But um, Georgia, you know, I think they got blown out. I can't remember who they got blown out when I was watching that. Uh, who did they lose to? Was that Ohio? Uh, who was that? Auburn. Uh, yep. Yeah, and that yeah, really hurt them. Like so, so I think the Georgia's are going to beat them. You know, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I think it might be a high scoring game, but um, I think Georgia's going to pull it off because uh, Mayfield ain't going to take the chances. Um, I mean, it might be a third and two. I don't see him really trying to run it to get it and jump like what happened to Carson Wentz. You know. Anything can happen, so I don't see him taking that chance. So uh, I got to go to Georgia. So it's going to come down to a final where it's SEC final. Wow, pretty amazing. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, let's change courses a little bit. Um, we talked about this last time about how many coaching changes were going to be happening, and it's happening. Uh, one that I really want to bring up. Um, is Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher just got through signing a 10-year contract with them for $75 million. That just amazes me, you know, paying, mm. paying coaches for that length of time and that, that much money. Um, so, so, Mark, I, I know that this is something right up your, your alley. Um, what, what, what other changes did, did you see happening? Hey, Mark. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the Jimbo Mark. Fisher deal. What was that? Mark, let me go first. I want to see what you say when I say this. Um, yeah, I go it's, funny, it's funny how these coaches get this money, Chris, and it's like a lot. And if you look at them, I mean, like the guy from Wyoming, the coach there getting paid more than, I think it was, they say, the state, Senator, some of them. You know, they're getting paid more than anybody in that, you know? And when Jimbo Fisher was holding what to go to hockey, they're like, are you going to play? I mean, still coach here or go there, you know? Let us know, you know? Well, I'm figuring they're going to take the money, but all these coaches, Mark, are making more than anybody in that state, you know, more than the governor and mayor, you know? It's crazy, you know, where all this money going, you know? So I don't blame Jimbo yeah. Fisher. You want to take that money, get that money, because the guy they just fired from Texas A&M, he's still, what, oh, like $11 million or how I many, I think, 
eight million something. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, how much the college is still owe these these fired coaches, and then they're making more money when they sign with new new teams. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what you, yeah. Go ahead. That's why I wanted to go first. Let's see what you think of that, Mark. I mean, personally, it would probably take about seventy-five million dollars for me to live in College Station for ten years. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> I think you know, A and M kind of had to pay that amount um, to to get somebody like him to to go to their school. Um, Jimbo, um, yeah, but you know the the, the kind of interesting thing about that yeah, that's a break. is, yeah, when you got a break, yeah. Let's, let, let, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back. We'll talk more about these coaching changes, and then cool. I want to talk about the Ball family a little bit before we before we end. So we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Chris Marwitz, our host of Loving That Sports Talk. We're going to take it all the way to the end. Uh, before we took break, we were talking about coaching changes uh, in college college teams this year, and we had talked about Texas A&M. And, um, Mark, uh, what, what, what else were you, uh, what, what yeah. you want to say? Yeah, so what I was going to tell you is that um, it's interesting the way um, Jimbo Fisher's contract is. All of the money that he's being paid, that $75 million, it was, was generated by donors. Uh, so yeah. they're not, these are just private people that are paying that kind of insane money uh, to get Jimbo Fisher in there. And it's, it's, it's insane, um, you know, but, but I just, I can't imagine that the pressure that he's going to be under, you know, I mean, if, you know, some of these guys are forking over like, you know, $15 million a, a, a piece. Uh, they're definitely going to want to see some results and, and quickly. 
um, you're getting paid that much money. It's, um, you know, it's not going to be congruent with the amount of money you're making if you're, if you're having a typical Texas A&M season. So, uh, I know that, you know, A&M kind of there, again, one of those teams that has this, like, you know, they're just waiting to, you know, waiting to hit the big time. They're just so close to getting there, but, um, we'll see. I mean, now they have, you know, uh, an arguably top five coach going in there. Um, no one's really been able to, to win big at A&M. Um, they've had, you know, some decent seasons, obviously, you know, the Johnny Manziel season, um, you know, five years ago, whatever that was, um, with Kevin Sumlin where they went 11 and two and they, you know, they were a top 10 team. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, the last national championship that they had, and I know this, is, is 1939. Um, so, it, you know, right now the, the situation that they're in now that they've moved to the SEC, uh, I mean, they've got, they've got four teams that, that I personally think are historically better than they are. Um, so they're five, you know, basically sitting number five in their division. Uh, when you think about Alabama, Auburn, LSU, uh, and Arkansas, um, I guess Arkansas would probably be a toss-up with them. But um, the type of money he's making, there, you know, that's that's winning a national championship type of money. So um, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, A and M is is kind of a different type of place. Um, it's not, uh, you know. The way it looks and everything, you're just kind of like, whoa, uh, this is like, just like school planted in the middle of nowhere with not a whole lot going on. So for me, like just recruiting guys into that town um, seems like a really difficult task. I know Kevin Sumlin did a great job and, you know, he, I thought someone really kind of brought them a little bit of credibility Um with some of the, you know, the African-American players and things like that. It, College Station is very kind of, it's kind of a homogenous type of place where it's just, um, there's not a whole lot of culture going on there. It's just kind of like, um, it's a strange, strange place. Just a bunch of white dudes and white chicks running around. And, um, you know, I thought someone gave them some of that uh, recruiting edge. Um, and, you know, they were for a while there, you know, with, with Manziel, they were kind of like the cool program, you know, for, for, a, for a hot minute. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, uh, Jimbo is one of the better recruiters out there. He's got a, you know, he's assembled a really good staff. Um, Damien Craig, the running backs coach, is, a, is an ace recruiter. So is Tim Brewster. Um, but uh, ugh, I don't know, man. I think that, um, again, you know, you're, you're, you're starting off at best, fourth best team in your own division of the SEC um, to make the strides that they're wanting to make, um, you know, that, that's congruent with the amount of money that Jimbo's making. Uh, they're going to have to make some really, really major strides quickly. Um, and I just, I don't know, I can see it really going sour and going south quickly um, because it's tough taking over a program, um, you know, when you don't have your own players in there. And, um, you know, that first year, that first recruiting year, you're kind of behind the eight ball. Um, so it takes, it takes a while to, to build up that momentum. So hopefully the, the, the fans in college station will be, will be patient, but, 
I, I don't think that that's going to be the case, and I, I could see it turning into a to a disaster. But you know, we'll, we'll give the guy a chance, see what happens, and uh, maybe he can he can be the first guy to really uh, you know put A and M up top there in the SEC. But kind of doubt it. Yeah, he has to. We saw what happened to to someone, you know. So right, he, he needs to step in and do something good. So right, James, absolutely. You... And I don't know. I'm surprised that someone hasn't picked up another job. He, I think he was mentioned with the with the UCF job, but I think he's and actually uh, there's a couple others that his name was about, but I think he's a great coach. He's a heck of a recruiter. I mean, he, he brought some really good players into to, to A&M uh, during his tenure, and, um, you know, so I don't know, man. I thought he was kind of like the, you know, the best that they were going to get, kind of maximizing that coaching position, but, uh, you know, again, Jimbo, he's got skins on the wall. He's won a national championship. He's won several ACC championships. He, you know, uh, Nick Saban, protege, and, you know, won the national championship at LSU as an offensive coordinator. So he's um, he's definitely got a, you know, he's got a lot of selling points. Um, again, I just, you know, when you're when you're competing with the, the teams that A&M is and the SEC, and then you're also competing against Texas and, and TCU uh, for recruits, you know, both Texas and TCU, they're in, you know, they're in urban areas, Austin and, and you know, Fort Worth area. Um, it you know, if you haven't been to College Station, then you probably don't know. But man, it's it's um, it's a little rural, and um, you know they they kind of attract certain type of kids, I think, to that program. And um, I just never really I can can't really see them breaking through in a huge way. Um, but then, of course, you think about a place like Tuscaloosa, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Easy for me to say. Um, and, and, you know, they currently have the best program in the country, and I'm, I'm sure that's not some thriving metropolis. So right. what the hell right. do I know? <laughs> right. Well, if we have a few minutes left before the show's over. I want to kind of switch it to the Ball family a little bit. You know, with LeVar Ball and, and his big his, his <laughs> parenting style and what's going on with his kids. Now they, he's pulled them out of school. They're, they're going to Lithuania to play. Mark, what do you think of that whole big mess? Um, it, it's it is a disaster. I mean, I don't know. I it just you know, I personally, I don't really follow basketball until um, you know football season's over with. I don't get too involved with it. Um, it's a pretty long season as far as the NBA goes, and even college is somewhat unwatchable. I think until you know tournament time, but. Um, you know, I know it sounds like Lonzo's doing doing fairly well. Um, not shooting all that great, but um, yeah, the dad. Um, it's it's really it's just painful to watch from the outside because you know that he's just making all these horrible decisions for these kids, and they're just you know they're still kids. You know, one's a you know would have been a I guess a senior in high school, and the other one's a, a you know freshman at UCLA. For him to mm-hmm. you know step in and, and squander the opportunity for these guys to get an education and um, you know send them off to Lithuania of all places, um, it's really it's kind of hard to watch honestly. And you know I've you know kind of read up on this that whole Lithuanian league, and it sounds like it's just going to be horrible for these kids. There's you know they, they don't have an English speaking coach. 
And um, it's like, it just sounds horrible. It sounds like, you know, they're going to be in some kind of like bath, you know, movie or boot camp or something where, you know, they're all they're doing is just, you know, playing basketball and being forced to play or something. But, um, you know, who knows, man? I mean, at the end of the day, um, we all know who the balls are. I think that was the, the dad's intention from the get-go. So, hey, you know, chuck up a victory for that. I mean, we all wish we didn't know who they were um, because mm-hmm. he's so annoying. Um, and, and it's too bad because, you know, it seems like his son, you know, Lonzo, seems like just a really chill guy. And, you know, he just probably just wants to keep his head down and, and keep his name out of the paper. And, and, you know, his dad is just, he's that obnoxious parent that, that you know, we all grew up having watching sports, but he's just taking it, you know, to the, you know, times hundred degrees. It's it's too just, far. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's, I agree. It's, it's unfortunate this is, this has happened, but and we're still talking about them. We still keep talking yeah, about them. Yeah, um, totally. But anyway, so our time is up. Um, we're going to have to, have to, you know, hopefully we'll be back. Well, we will be back next Wednesday. Mark, I want to thank you for being on the show with us today. It's always great to have you. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime. And uh, it was good talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy watching all these bowl games. And, and um, you know, give me a holler if you want me to come back. Absolutely. And, and James, um, I'm not sure where you went to, but I want to thank you for being on with us again today. Uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Join us again next week, and uh, we'll be back with y'all. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 